you know, this is Manchester United, Boot Vag Horse is being sold, and then you go online and, and it seems to be like, this is a good thing. You're like, it's not. Please stop telling me this is a good thing. It's not. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. It is 7.53, it's Friday morning, and uh, we're going to uh, welcome Ronan Agar to the show. Ronan, good morning to you. Adrian, how are you? How are you keeping? Very well, you? Good. Are you watching any of these um, Fly in the Wall documentaries? No, no, I haven't. It was interesting. I only came on uh, two minutes ago, but I, I, I missed it really. What were you discussing? Breakpoint, it's a new Netflix documentary. It's like the, I don't know if you've seen Drive to Survive, the Formula One version. no. No, very I, um, good. Honestly, yeah, it's been uh, the Six Nations have signed up at Netflix now, and they're doing a documentary of the twenty twenty three Six Nations. That's yeah. the idea, is it? Yeah. Did somebody say you had the you had French a French crew with you last year? Um, I'm going to take that as internal. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, we did with a documentary, or I um, pro, uh, on. Um, on our season, but it was really, it was impressive for an in-house job, you know, very impressive. And was it? But, how was it for you? Like, are you kind of mind your piece and cues around it, or no? Because I suppose I, I, Dave Berry, I remember Dave Berry did a documentary um, uh, when I was playing. It was kind of followed for about two years, and um, uh, it was very an interesting, um, really interesting uh, period because. Um, it got to the stage where you had no idea um, that you were piece the camera, mm-hmm. um, and actually looking back on it, um, your capacity to recall events straight away within that kind of ten-minute window post-game to a Monday morning. Well, can you talk me through your feelings on Saturday night? Are are poles apart? And there was uh, some interesting takes and on what had to be taken out because did I say that? Did I say mm. that? <laughs> uh, when you're in that emotional range and post game, um, it, 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 um, it strips you of all your your uh, not decency but of your capacity, I suppose, to filter. I remember talking to you after a, a lot of games, and it always struck me your. Uh, and it wouldn't have been in the immediate aftermath, aftermath but um, I remember even after there was a Wales game in Cardiff after we'd been beaten, you were always like hugely analytical and passionate and giving, you know, in a way that it never felt as if you were sort of, I look at maybe you were as well, but it never really felt like you were sort of holding much back. But are you saying that that was kind of, that wasn't so much you drawing your, showing your true personality as um, the adrenaline still been up? I think sometimes you underestimate too of how much you go into that uh, zone. I think preparing for a game, probably especially as a game manager, of a strategist, of a, of a, of, a, of I suppose your mindset of moving the team around the pitch in terms of how you can expo- exploit weaknesses in the opposition. A lot of that is probably my responsibility when I played. It would be how you view it as a coach, but also I think when I was a player, it was great to watch other coaches potentially um, um, play with the media or try to um, string them along in the fact where I think uh, people are intelligent and it's very, very difficult to manipulate the media. My approach was that it's more easier 
far easier, to be honest, than to have to cover your words or, 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 or track back to what you potentially said. Because as you can find out nowadays, there's some brilliant things on Twitter which uh, you can watch, for example, in the Ronaldo situation where it's all about uh, achievement and it's all about uh, Ego. values. Yes. <laughs> uh, fast forward and... I think it's whatever was it two hundred million a year he signed for is it? Mm. Yeah, two hundred million. I think me and me and Ronan are waiting for the uh, the fly in the wall darts documentary. <laughs> I think that you off, might be uh, off <laughs> off off the ball maybe. Um, now speaking of things that you you may or may not remember stuff that you said and we'll bring Alan Quinlan here. Come on to you, Quinny. And at the same time, oh, um, I have a clip here, Ronan. It's fifty-seven seconds long. It's uh, Brian O'Driscoll in conversation with Nathan last night. So uh, hopefully you can hear this loud and clear. Rodge was on to me in 06 um, before they won Europe going, do you want to come down here? And I was like, what? Um, sorry, what now? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, t- talk about this a bit more. <laughs> do, do I never say this now? Rodge was on, so kind of tentatively. He'll, he'll say, oh, I never properly, I was never properly asking. But he was, he was definitely hedging his bets a small bit and inquiring as to whether I might have had any interest at all. It was when we were in a, we were a bit of a basket case back in, in 05, 06. You know, four coaches in four years. Cheka came in. The squad that he inherited was all over the shop. Um, and and did, he, um, did he just ring you up or was this a conversation in no, Ireland camp? No, it was a conversation in camp. And he, and he kind of threw it out there. It wasn't a formal, you know, I've got a contract here ready for you to sign. But it was like, would you, would you think about coming down? <laughs> you, he definitely was asked. To inquire as to whether right. <laughs> well, what's the uh, what? What is your uh, your response? As uh, guilty as charged, or no? I, I don't remember the the specific conversation, but um, uh, over a period of playing with Brian on my career, um, I would say that was uh, most definitely the case. You know, I think. Leinster are very different now to where they were at that stage. Mm. Um, it's interesting, maybe that we that was probably before we had won Europe, but we'd be knocking on the door, and we were probably by far the dominant team. Uh, but I suppose in my head it was kind of well, um, does Brian see himself winning something with Leinster? Does he want to come down to to Munster and try and win something? And um, obviously we had. I think Trevor Halstead, John Kelly, we had Lifemi and we had Rua Tapoki, but Brian O'Driscoll would have been in addition to whatever team we'd play in. Um, so I think that's a pretty normal, uh, probably thought process for someone that I was probably close with in, our, in the Irish team. And, um, you know, I think as Nathan kind of in the clip that you haven't played the before and after of that is that he I think he could have gone down very well with the supporters in Munster but it wasn't to be and I can understand completely but um, I don't um, I suppose find it um, too um, um, abnormal a conversation at all an ambitious player where I think he could offer something to your to your team um, be sure I checked him out yeah I suppose if it was the other way around Ronan and say hypothetically Munster were struggling at that point then 
you probably would have entertained and you know understood why someone like Brian would maybe come to you and try and bring you the other direction. I guess it's a, it's a natural love conversation to have in in an international camp. These uh, these chats do happen. Yeah, exactly. A lot more so than you would think. And I think among competitors, it's exactly what people ask, well, why does the Lions work? The Lions work because it's uh, the best players uh, pitched together in a very short period of time who are ultimately competitors who want to challenge themselves at the highest possible level. Uh, so this thing about how do you get on with the Welsh and the Scottish and the English, you get on with them after eating dinner and you and you decide you want to have a go off something. It's very natural in sports people to be able to do that. People struggle sometimes with that. I think, um, yeah, thankfully for for me, I never had that decision because uh, I suppose the group that was established at Munster by, uh, you know I mean, the guys who came before me, the values and the traditions and, and uh, I suppose the standards were established. So it was an easy enough group to go into and then we just tried to add to that. Uh, while in Leinster's case, that wasn't the scenario. They had a lot of talented players that were hugely underachieving that maybe hadn't established their values, but they obviously rectified that and kicked on to a new level. But for Brian, probably in a team performance in his own uh, standards, it was definitely uh, periods where they were underachieving. Gary Neville had talked about something fairly similar a couple of years ago. He'd said that he'd gone to Stephen Gerrard during an England camp and said, here... Would you ever think about it? It sounds like the conversation was sort of similar enough in the sense that Stevie G was like, no, listen, I'm uh, red to the core and uh, Liverpool red to the core and it's not happening. Do you... Um, so, sorry, the point being that you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think Nathan's reaction was all of our reaction when we first heard it. We were like, what? Whoa, because it would have been monster news, but not a not an unusual conversation to have. Do you remember it or are you kind of like, ah, there might have been something? No, I don't remember the... Well, if it was a, um, I would say it was probably, uh, if it was probably me, I would say it would have been, I don't think it would have been a one-off. I'd say it was probably consistent probing there. <laughs> and it, would, I, it wouldn't have been you directed by someone at Monster to have that conversation? No, I'd say that's, that's where it'd be different. I think, um, you know, I think in the situation, Monster was a very honest um environment and it was hugely driven by players at that stage I think um, I probably would have been uh, an idea that I would have had in my head but uh, maybe there was something deeper behind it from um, from a CEO or, or a, a general manager point of view but um, it would have suited everyone I suppose for me to do that <laughs> initial conversation I think if you were coming back up the road saying, listen, I've been chatting to him and he's interested, I think that might have been, uh, you might have been pushing doors easy enough. Were you yourself ever, did anybody ever approach you like that? Because obviously both yourself and Quinny won club players, but were you ever approached? Yeah, of course I was, yeah. And that ca- in that kind of a casual way, sorry, I mean more than... No, no, in casual and official ways, but um, you'd have to be off your rocker to leave Munster. As I said, I played in 10 European Cup semi-finals. Yeah, we lacked the quality at times to win it, but there's some massive satisfaction in um, being able to sleep at night preparing yourself that you've, you're in the last four of Europe every year. And that's uh, everything we stood for, I think. High standards, getting the best out of each other, driving each other, uh, 
do I look back and go, wow, we should have had six medals? Yeah, I do. But you move on very quickly with a with a more grateful attitude that um, we were there, thereabouts when it came to silverware, but lacked a little bit with the benefit of experience or hindsight. You'd love to change, but were you ever? Were you ever? No, no worries for him. Uh, were you ever tapped up yourself, Quinny, in, in training or international camps or otherwise? To or done any tapping up? Oh yeah, vice versa either. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was doing the tapping up rather than being tapped up. Um, I had a few opportunities to go to, um, you know, to go overseas uh, at different stages. And uh, as Rog was saying, look, it was we were very lucky. It was a team that um, we were knocking on the door every year for for numbers number of years so um unless it was completely down to money um if you wanted to win things or being competing for trophies it was a very hard team to leave even some guys left um for a couple of years and 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 came back and that draw was always there so we were very lucky in that sense but um i was always trying to uh at times look to push the recruitment and get better um get better players in it kind of backfired on me in 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 2003 2004 um when i was pushing to 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 get jim williams in but uh, he came in then and took my place in the team for a period of time so um yeah it can backfire on you when you're looking to bring in players you can be rest assured roger was pushing no out halves <laughs> yeah if brian was number really? 10 i don't think that would have happened and you know where all that started? The 2001 Lions Tour. Really? We had a, br- we, we had a brilliant uh, last gaps victory against the Brumbies in Canberra. And who was back row for the, for the, uh, for the Brumbies? Big Jim Williams. <laughs> and all of a sudden he ended up playing in Munster. You don't have to scratch your head too hard there. <laughs> what did they say about your best friends? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Quinny's life flashed before his eyes as he saw that, conversa- that uh, performance. Um, 30 points to 7 Ronan uh, Toulouse last weekend a long time trying must have been sweet uh, you, you always have to get the dig in first I'm not you? it's a compliment it's a compliment just, <laughs> I hope you had your uh, La Rochelle jersey on I have the flag yeah I have the flag at home the kids have it out all the time yeah <laughs> uh, yeah it was much needed mind you it was a lot of injuries in La Rochelle's team and double triple injuries in the Toulouse team so probably from a full I suppose dream list it was 6 or 7 we were down they were probably down 12 or 13 so read what you want into it Yeah. but very important for progression that we uh, no matter how you look at it um, I think it was 9 defeats in a row it's a it's a big statistic in in modern rugby so that's buried, thankfully. So now we can move on, hopefully, as um, like we do against any other team in Europe, where uh, we don't have that uh, because it is mental baggage till it's um, banished. On the you mentioned there just about the the uh, importance of it in the context of of the season, and certainly in the context of the table as well. Obviously, keeps you in touch with Toulouse um, and with Stad as well. Does that? A position almost in the table from your point of view does that allow you a bit more room to breathe almost in a week when you're you've got the safety of that or does it make make an awful lot of difference yeah of course it does yeah and it's uh, incredibly I suppose 
um, frustrating yet a learning period when the, you know you have a game against Paul we got destroyed by Paul at home while the neutral would say there's absolutely no way that should happen um, and it sums up that if you're not on high alert every week and you lack humility some weeks you get uh, handed a good roasting and that's what happened losing to Bordeaux at home losing to Paul at home their games as you say when you kind of have a look at your trajectory and what you can do with potential squad selections and, and points for the table um, you uh, would highlight them as as, as victories but um, in this game you just never know Adrian so yeah it was very important in that regard the key I suppose uh, driver for me is the fact that we uh, were competing on two fronts Europe and uh, the Bouclier, which isn't the case with all the top 14 teams, obviously probably uh, six of them are going for Europe. Um, so you need a, a loaded squad and group to be able to do that. But what cost us last year was um, if you're getting the first two, you get a weekend off. And a weekend off at that time, a period of the season, it gives you huge oxygen and gives you a chance to recharge or go for a... Um, um, a um, stage. What's a stage in English? A, br- a break, is it? No, when you go for a pre-season tour or a or a mid-season break or a mid-season bonding uh, trip. Yeah. What's the English word for that? I'm actually having a moment here. I, left Sorry. Get, okay. I love this. I once interviewed an, an American astronaut who, who studied to Russian to go up to the space station, and he uh, he started dreaming in Russian. He got to the point where he was so invested. It started to happen to Ronan now. He's, he's, he's thinking and dreaming in French. But you're all into sport. Tell me what a what, what a mid-season camp is. What's a stage in English? I don't know. What is it like? A, I, of course, I, I, if you go down, you go down to so Forza have top-class facilities and they host all the English Premiership teams or all the GA teams or the things. What do you call that? A Just mid-season a, camp? A, a team bonding, yeah. Session. No, it's not called that. There's a different word for it, Adrian. You're... <laughs> it begins with R, doesn't it? I think it's the word we're trying to think of. I've, I haven't a clue, but um, Quinny's not Quinny jumping in here to save us. Either, is no, he? exactly. Us, is he? <laughs> he's ever um, since Jim Williams came up, Roger, he's been very quiet. <laughs> mid-season camp, yeah. Mid-season camp. <laughs> <laughs> That's the final, the final word on it. But what I actually think uh, we may introduce, Shane, we've more OTB history this morning with the... Not alone have we the Ali, Ali Pali bus, we have the stage. I think that could actually fit into the English vocab better than a mid-season camp. I'm, yeah. more, uh, I'm more attracted by that one as well. I'm Let's get on to the Oxford English Dictionary and add it to it. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, that's exactly... Come on now, back to, back to task, boys. We have uh, the opportunity to... If you get in the first two, you have... Obviously, you go straight to semi-final. Yeah. While if you're third, fourth, fifth or sixth, you go quarter-final route, which... If you're trying to compete in Europe, um, makes it extremely difficult. So that was um, what we're trying to do this year: stay and stay in the hunt for the top two. The injuries not easing any ahead of the, tomorrow night, are they? No, but it's the same for everyone. Um, interesting um, presentation from our medical team this week, and the fact that the journey or game 15, 16, 17, 18 is when you should have or historically with all the data when injuries uh, are at their highest in the top 14 and 
uh, you look at, I suppose, the um, the injury sick bay, a um, lot of casualties, a lot of casualties, but that's why you, you put the focus on the group and not the team. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot of boys missing against Ulster, but um, we um, have to make sure that, that our group is strong enough. I thought the word began, began with R. Cameron and our team suggested retreat. Is that the word, Ronan, you're thinking of? Oh, that's not because that. I, I, and that's not really. That can be a religious retreat yeah, as well. That's all yeah, a, re- a retreat is where you go to Medjugorje or Fatima <laughs> or somewhere like that. <laughs> my yeah, my mum, my mum goes in them all the time. <laughs> Rugby retreat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lords. <laughs> we might all uh, we might all need one of those trips soon um, right we're going to keep Quinny on the line uh, Ronan thanks a million as always we'll have to have a consider- consideration of that word now and come back uh, convalesce uh, somebody said but I don't think it's not convalesce is it no that's after you've had some sort of a let's just go with stage I like it yeah, yeah. stage yeah I like it too you know it's yeah. kidding yeah. go to get the old Ross lingo back in at a stage Stephen Roach <laughs> and the stage Sean Kelly it's the pronunciation you see. We would say Hugo Lloris, but as Ronan said last week, his kids Ugo. say Ugo. Ugo, yeah. Or Ugo, exactly. Ugo's retired now from, from France. You don't pronounce his he's, he's, he's gone, lads. We've lost him. We've lost him. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <when> he's, tra- <laughs> he's just trying to get rid of your Ronan. Never mind that. The, uh, the H-, H in French is silent. There's no such thing as... So any uh, uh, Harry Redknapp is Harry. <laughs> Harry Redknapp. And Harry Glynn, who plays with us, is Harry Glynn. So you don't... The H is silent. Just a little bit of... Yeah, you, you, one percent there this you, morning. You come for the uh, for the behind the scenes uh, details, Larish Allen. You get you get yourself a, a French lesson while you're at it. Class. How bad? Good man. See you, boys. Good luck. Good luck. Um, Cheers, kid. Quinny, come in from the call there. Talk to us a little bit about uh, Larish Allen and Ulster and like how their season is going in terms of it. Obviously, backtracking and uh, and why that is, and if they can put it right tomorrow. Um, for Ulster. Um, Obviously, the last few weeks has, have been pretty dreadful, Adrian. Um, you know, they've lost. They've won one one game in, in, in six, which is, it's really difficult. And a lot of circumstances and, and things have gone against them. And uh, they haven't got a, got the bounce of the ball or they haven't created um, the ability to, to see out games. I think um, you could go back through a couple of those games and... and they're in control up in Belfast against Munster and Munster a brilliant comeback and they lack the ability to to finish them off there. I think they had a great fight back last week in Benetton in Italy, got themselves ahead right from the kickoff. Um, they can see the lead again and, and uh, making too many mistakes. And um, I think we, we've probably referenced it a couple of times if you go back to that, that Leinster game where they were in complete control at halftime. Keane Healy was red-carded and Leinster turned it around. And, you know, I know they scored just before halftime. Leinster gave them a real lifeline and, a, and an energy boost going in at halftime. Something isn't right there. I think psychologically, um, they seem wounded a little bit and, you know, they're turning the ball over a lot and making lots of mistakes. I still think there's a, there's a good side there, a very talented side. They're a strange side. And I'm sure even... You know, if we were asking Rog to analyse um, Ulster and strengths and weaknesses and all that kind of stuff, uh, you'd find lots of positives in, in, and lots of danger in their attack. But uh, turning the ball too, over too much. Um, I did the game last week against Benetton commentary and, you know, continuously they're getting into good positions and they just become 
they're a little bit porous, I think, at times and frustrating if you're an Ulster fan. Obviously, it's frustrating for the players and management as well, but um, it doesn't get any easier this week, does it, going to La Rochelle? And, no. and this is, this is, they're out of Europe if they lose this one, really. So, um, they're in a tough place at the moment when you, you look back at the results, um, since that Leinster game and they've won one game in six. You wouldn't think that's what's going to happen to Ulster given the start of the season they had. So they're, they're in a tough place at the moment. Yeah, um, I, we've, uh, we're bang out of time, but I can't let you go. So give me a 30 second answer if you can. Uh, Munster Saints, obviously, at home and tomorrow and, um, Munster's run and your expectations from that, uh, from that game tomorrow repeat of the previous leg. Yeah, I think Munster need to be more clinical. Um, you know, you, you, we don't know what side Northampton are sending, but, um, the last number of weeks have been in contrast, different contrast to Ulster, much more positive for, for Munster. They're still, you know, they're not the finished article. We know that, but they're playing a lot better. They look a lot fitter. Um, and there's a little, there was a little bit of bite in that game in November. So in December, that, that, um, that game in Franklin's Gardens. So, um, test for Munster mentally. Can they, you know, there's an expectation now for them to go out and win this game and possibly get a bonus point. Can they do that? This will be another challenge for them mentally. So, um, I think they're in a decent place and they're making progress, but they're still short with injury. So um, they're ones you can't underestimate, uh, but they have to, you know, be going for the juggler here. And if they get five points, they go to eleven, and they're possibly in the knockout stages. So it's a, a big opportunity for them, and hopefully they can build on what they've been doing. Yeah, we'll, uh, and particularly in the last two weeks, we'll have a lot more time for you, Quinny, when we chat to you next week. Uh, thanks, William, for jumping on. Cheers, lads. OTB. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.